Hey, welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 3, Episode 16, Carolina Blues with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL, ECHL, AHL, PWHL, news, insight, and analysis. Follow on X at inside underscore the underscore rank and download the Inside the Rink app for extensive Bruins coverage. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe button. Do it all right here on the Bruins Benders podcast. Smitty's going to tell you how to sign up for this new thing called ESPN Plus. Yeah, yeah, all the HLs are on ESPN Plus. You can, you can, you can go on there and get them all. Uh, I have ESPN Plus. Hockey sticks. Yes. Yeah. I have ESPN Plus, and I love all the college sports, UFC, and NHL hockey. So sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN today so you don't miss any NHL action. One last time, sign up at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. Go on over there and do that. Sign up for it. And, uh, you know, give us a little taste of the action, a little kickback. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good time to do it because it's a little dead area coming up sure. here after the Super Bowl. Like, it's kind of, you know, there's, there's some end-of-season college <laughs> hoops and, you know, terrible NBA. Like, yeah. it's a little bit of that, and that's you, about it. You know what? for the NHL. Yeah, it's a perfect, perfect time for the NHL to go on a little bit of a hiatus here when there's two weeks with no yeah. football. It's really, really <laughs> solid. <laughs> that's really solid thinking by the league. To take a little break here when there's no football to compete with. Uh, so that's it's just awesome decision making right there from the top. We've had nights where there was no hockey at all. It, perfect uh, nights to have all the hockey. Right. We've done that. Too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the NHL just doesn't. I, I feel like they have tunnel vision. They don't. Pay attention. I don't. I wonder if they know there are other sports. <laughs> you think they're aware of other sports? Uh, maybe not. I don't know. I don't think. I don't yeah. think they do. You know, unless yeah, they're you know yeah. looking at the BBC and like, oh, there's a cricket match, but we can beat them. Yeah, we got yeah. that. We got that taken <laughs> right. care of. Right. Right. I mean, I, it's just not enough BBC to go around. Hey, hey, hey uh, it's uh, rapid review time here uh, on the uh, podcast. And there were three games right before the break. And one of them was against the Carolina Hurricanes on January 24th. And it was a three to two loss to Carolina. It's a team that they've had some Bruins have had some troubles with in the past, uh, including the playoffs. And Carolina comes out and, and in the very beginning of the game, I can't remember who was doing the game. Uh, it might have been Jack. Or yeah, it was Jack was still. It was Jack who says Martin Nikash there. Mm-hmm. He was saying how inconsistent he was, like his first shift. And then he ends up scoring naturally right after that mm-hmm. and played out of his mind, I thought, for most of the game. Yeah, he had like he had like, t- he had like 10 <laughs> shots on net, I think, in the game. He was just <laughs> he a man was, possessed. He was. Yeah. Uh, he yeah, must have been, he must have went re- on Twitter, you know, between shifts and, and heard Jack calling yeah. him out and, and uh, upped his game. Took it to yeah, another he level. He, he was all over the place, so Carolina got the win, and, and that was disappointing for the Bruins. Because uh, they, th- cause they came one. back and they, Marchand scores twice late. Mm-hmm. in that one to, mm-hmm. and they come back and tie it and you're like okay we can steal a point here you know good momentum maybe going into overtime and was maybe grab the home pinch the Lindholm bad pinch was that that game yes winning goal i think yes in home correct bad pinch right yeah. yeah late late in the third late yeah right uh like a, yeah. under two minutes to go i think in the third yeah yeah uh so Tough. yeah i mean it it, it 
they battle back in that, which is, you know, nice to see, but then, you know, they let it slip away because of a bad pinch. Uh, yeah. So that was, you know, disappointing because I feel like mm. they, they could have got some points out of that, even though they were outplayed, I thought, for a majority of the game. Yeah, I, and, I, and I agree. And, you know, I remember the days when there was no bad pinches, no such thing. But in this case, Lindholm, uh, you know, comes in, and just at that point of the game, it's just not a, it's just not the right thing to do. It was a bad play and and then Carolina cashes cashes it in and mm-hmm. and gets the win and that was you know that was disappointing and irritating because the, the hurricanes again have just been kind of a thorn in the side and mm-hmm. a team again and when the playoffs come around if the Bruins advance far enough is again another tough opponent that uh, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather avoid. Yeah, this 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 the speed and the uh aggressiveness and the doggingness on pucks by Carolina mm-hmm. and Florida teams like that that really really forecheck the Bruins hard are the ones that give them the most trouble. Uh sure. they just they just don't have enough guys who can either absorb the hit and make a play or make a play to get the puck out of the zone or, you know, their forwards don't come down low enough or whatever the case may be. There's, you know, there's different reasons uh, for the breakouts not working because uh, they, because they have shown, you know, some stretches where they've had success, you know, against that. If they move it quick enough uh, and thinking quick enough, you know, you can get some odd man rushes going the other way. But um, you know, most of the time they end up hemmed in their own zone because the first pass is bad or, you know, the defenseman doesn't, isn't clean going back to get the puck or whatever the case may be. So right. uh, that's really something that they need to clean up uh, if they want to advance in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. That, you know, the Bruins are very much North South in the, in the breakout, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to when Julian was coaching and we're East West. Yeah. A lot of, a lot more D to D. Yeah. Right. And now it's trying to, trying to advance it too quickly. And that's where they, the turnovers come especially with the aggressive forecheck. Yeah. Um, all right. And then the next night at Ottawa. So this looked like, you know, it was going to be a back-to-back loss kind of thing because Ottawa is another team that they haven't been great, but it's a young team with young talent, young and legs, some speed and yeah. some skill and young legs at home. Mm-hmm. They blasted the Bruins last year at home, scored mm-hmm. seven goals on them. Um, so this was another game where you thought, okay, well, this is not going to end well. But the Bruins eke out a three to two overtime win and and really gutted it out in a second of a back to back. Yeah, it was. It was a good win because they did, you know, got it out on the second of a back to back, and they were down and and had to battle back in this one again. So. Uh, you know, showed some character and, and uh, you know, the ability to uh, bounce back after a tough night the night before. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, two nights later, it just blasts the Philadelphia Flyers and a team that was actually playing pretty well. The Flyers yeah. have been kind of upstart and, and playing better than people thought and play hard for Tortorella and all that. And the Bruins just kind of blitz them. They take a 5 nothing lead and yeah. just kind of never look back. What was it, five goals in like five and a half minutes or something like that? Oh, yeah. Like the end of the first into like the beginning of the second? Goals. Yeah, just yeah. unbelievable. Just one right after yeah. another. But, uh, yeah, good to see. I mean, uh, they didn't uh, take it lightly going into the break here. They have a long layoff with the All-Star break and then their bye week. So um, it was good to see them kind of finish up strong here because last year, they lost the last two going into the break and, and it wasn't, right. uh, you know, wasn't great. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they kind of righted that wrong and, and uh, finished the, finished the first half. Well, whatever, before the all-star break on a good note. Yeah. And, and they did. And, you know, they, the, um, 
the offense has been really good and kind of balanced, mm-hmm. uh, much more balanced than it had been, and kind of a surprise, really, uh, in that the way they've been able to play offensively after losing two really good offensive players, mm-hmm. you know, in the offseason. So it, it's been kind of a surprise at how good they have been offensively um, in this last, you know, six, five, six weeks. And uh, hopefully it continues as we go further. I'm still really interested to see if they don't make any major moves, like how, how much offense they'll get up and down the lineup in the playoffs, you know, and who's going to be able to perform and produce in the, in a playoff series. So, uh, but we'll see. All right. Seven chirps is sponsored by lops brewing lops of brewing and tasting room in downtown Woodsocket, Rhode Island. And it specializes in small batch ales and lagers, including bar down new England IPA. You can use the code sports to get 10% off your online order at lopsbrewing.com And also follow them at lops brewing for new beers and events. Chirp one, it's trade season. Time to get stupid in Vancouver with the first swing for the fences. Will they pick up Elias Lindholm? Yeah, I kind of like the move for Vancouver. Honestly, it's a lot to give up for them, but mm-hmm. they really have a team I think that can win it. So yes. uh, I mean, I they they certainly <laughs> should be going all in here to try to to try to solidify their team and and uh, you know make the best run that they can make. Um, it's a lot to give up, Kuzmenko. You know, I can't even begin to try to pronounce Hunter, whatever his last name is, Brzezakiewicz. Yeah. Uh, we'll oh, go with Weekich. Uh, Who's that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shazevsky. Yeah. Uh, so y- Yoni Yermo and uh, and then a first and a fourth uh, conditional fourth. Uh, it is a lot. It is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Lindholm's a good face-off guy, and he'll add some depth to an already really deep forward lineup for them. Um, so I, I like the move a lot for Vancouver. It is a lot to give up, but, um, you know, I guess it shows some of those trade proposals where people were throwing Trent Frederick and Fabian Lysel and some other Nana first and some of those other things around weren't that far off really. No, it's not that far off. I mean, that's what it looks like. That's what the Bruins would have to give up. Like, I don't know what you would Patra Frederick in picks or something. Yeah. Like, it would have been that type of thing. And mm-hmm. you know what? I'm, I'm okay with them not doing that. Me too. Um, because, and the reason is, is, and we'll talk about this in a couple of chirps away here, but I, I just don't know if it's as much a need to make that kind of move um, as far as center as it was at the beginning or forecasted at the beginning of the season. I mean, I, there, there's two centers in Zaka and, and Coyle, are projected to have better years offensively than Bergeron and Krejci did last year. Yeah. Like they're, they're projected to have pretty good years. Now the face-off thing's an issue. It's a big issue. It's a big it, issue. It is because they lose face-offs a little bit too much, especially big ones. Um, and when they lose, they lose, they particularly lose at the circle. And I think that's, that's a problem. So, you know, for that, yes. But do you, but do you trade all that? to fix that problem. And I just don't think so. No, I don't think so either, especially with, um, I mean, and some names have come off the board, but, um, you know, there's some names out in free agency. I mean, we'll see if Lindholm signs an extension with Vancouver, but he was a name in free agency. And, um, you know, there's some other names out there um, that you could get 
to add to your forward depth without having to trade players off your roster. It's just sure. money, and the Bruins will have plenty of money to spend, um, right. hopefully, uh, in, after this offseason, so in this offseason. Yeah. So I think that's probably a better way to go um, as far as um, you know what the Bruins want to lose and, and give up at this point. Yeah, and Lindholm went through a tough stretch recently. Yeah. Uh, with the flames and part of that's probably because it's, you know, hearing the rumors and things and, and that sort of thing. And maybe he'll be energized in Vancouver. I'm sure he will. Yeah. Change but, of scenery. Uh, I think coming off a team yeah, that's and, been and pretty bad. Off, you know, yeah. That whole thing. I mean, it's just, yeah, it'll, it'll help him and he'll be fine. But yeah, I just don't know if he was the guy that I would, I would do that for because you'd have to give up a couple of guys on, you know, a couple of future Guys from your future. Yeah, from your, from the, probably, yeah, from the core, probably going forward. Some of those guys, you know, they would have to give up would be guys that you would think would be part of your core long term. Uh, And the other thing about Lindholm is that coming off the, like you said, he's having a little bit of a rough stretch, a little bit of a down year here. And looking for an extension, you know, reports out of Calgary was like he's looking for eight, nine million bucks. I'm not giving Mm -hmm. that to him coming off the year that he's coming off of. So uh, unless he lights it up here in the second half of the year um no. you know that's that's another thing that i think you know it's still the money's a little too high for me with him um yeah. you know there were yeah. other options out there they're not out there anymore but there were other options out there that i would have preferred um yeah. if you're going to be spending you know upwards of nine million dollars i mean he's going to be you know pretty pretty much max 50 points like yeah that's, looks I mean, like it no i mean that's i mean it's a decent year but it's not eight million bucks certainly you know, isn't i know he's a center and everything but no way i mean i, I no way so especially if there's term there too no, yeah. no thanks i mean I, i'm just i just don't think he moves the needle enough no i agree uh, with you on this team to to do that kind of thing and again and again we're talking about a conservative don sweeney right who's not going to give people up off the roster one and two he's not going to make that kind of kind of move where it could be a 50 50 trade it could work or it can't like what if patra develops in a really good player and frederick has another three good years yeah i mean and Lindholm is eh, yeah for, i mean frederick's coming off a career year already this year yes uh yeah. a career high in goals probably and so you know it, you want to keep that he's much shorter money than mm-hmm. than Lindholm is and if you know he continues to build on that you're looking at a 20 to 25 goal scorer for you know more like five or six rather than you know, what you'd be paying Lindholm. So I, I think, you know, it was probably a wise move for the Bruins to to not be in on Lindholm at this point. Yeah, I, I would say so. Uh, all right, trip two is a state of the Bruins at the All-Star break now, which is 31-9-9. and uh, Last year, I think there was 38-6-2 or something. Yeah, and that So ballpark. it's not far off. It's not. You know, from a historic season. Right. Like, people are saying, yeah, we're not as good as we were. No shit. I mean, nobody was. <laughs> right. Like, no, like literally. Like, literally nobody has ever been that good. Yeah. I mean, my God. So uh, this has been really a surprise. I mean, it has I been. They'd be pretty good. I picked them second in the division. Uh, Me too. They finished second in the division, which is fine. Mm-hmm. 100 points or so, which is great. But. I didn't think this would happen no, at all. I don't think other people did either. No, and you're looking at guys, you know, that you really needed to step up, uh, you know, with the absence of, 
of Bergeron and Krejci, and they have. You know, Coyle and yeah. Zaka, like you said, have been, um, you know, are on pace to to have better years than Bergeron and Krejci did last year. Coyle's looking at a career high in goals possibly this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've had some guys step up, and then they've had some young kids come up, and, you know, Patra kind of gave him a little bump early on and has kind of tailed off. Lowry was kind of bad early. And, and when he came back up the second time was better. And, and then you get guys like, you know, your, your, uh, Boquists and your Steens and your Laucos have been pretty good. And, you know, obviously Frederick's having a, a career type year. JVR is, is having kind of a resurgence. He's been really good in like, uh, points per, uh, you know, dollar kind of a thing where he's um, for the contract that he was given, he's really given them a boost and, and added some, uh, some much needed net front kind of um, talent there on the power play. So they've gotten a lot of really good contributions from some of the guys at this point in time. Now, how do they shore things up or do they try to shore things up? Should they go out and make a move for somebody, someone, a defenseman, a forward, what do you what do you think there? I think you I think you get into the we need the organist the management to show that they're invested in like they, that they believe that the team can win. Right. And I think if you don't make a move that's fairly substantial, I think you you run the risk of that letdown like sends a bad message to the group. Sends a bad message. Right. Like I think that that is a thing at times. Now, I don't know if it's a thing. I I don't know if the room thinks that they're good enough. They might. They probably might do. not affect them as much. But I think that you have to at least make a, a decent move just to show that, hey, you know, we see you. We're, we're playing well. We have a real chance. This is a need we had that we filled, whether it's, it doesn't have to be Wayne Gretzky, no. but it's just like, it's a need we had, we filled it. And now, now let's go. I think if you do nothing, then um, it runs the risk of flattening the thing out and, and not, um, and kind of running out of steam. I agree with you. Also run the risk of, if you, if you get bounced from the first <laughs> round again, people are like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, why didn't you do anything? Right. So, so yeah, I mean, there, there's a there's a couple of things there. Yeah, at least Stepniak, that would be that would be a right. fantastic yeah, that's move. A, that's a beauty. Um, so here's a, here's the thing. What do you think they should do with Patra at this point? I, I was of the opinion that early on that they should keep him up all year and let him learn at this level, but with mm-hmm. the way they're handling him now. I almost feel like it's better to send him back to junior and kind of get a top nine guy that you can plug in there. Like you said that, you know, you, you add a little something and it gives the guys a boost and it says you're committed to winning here. Um, you know, how do you feel about how they've handled Patra and what they should do with them for the rest of the season? I think I agree with you hundred percent. I think that now as much as we were all hyped up and we, no way they can send him back. Now I'm like, send him back yeah. because you're, He's not producing a ton. He's kind of playing third line, kind of fourth line center. They're, they're not playing in much in the big moments. Like, I, he's not going to help you in the postseason at this point because you're not allowing him to. Right. So if that's the case, then he's not really useful to you when it really comes down to it in the postseason. He's not. Yeah. So you need a guy who's useful to you. Like everybody's going to be useful. So I think you're right. I think you get, and it doesn't have to be again, like a top 
nine guy or whatever, a top six guy, but it can be a top nine guy mm -hmm. that is a veteran and, and been there and, you know, someone who's, you know, pretty good player who is a veteran and who is uh, experienced and you, and you bring him in and you send Patra and that's fine. And I, and I think that that would be actually a smart move that would take some flack because people don't get yeah. it. But I think that it, it should happen. I think it would have Patra. He would be disappointed, but I think it would help Patra. And I think it would help the team in that they don't have that guy that, like, how could you play him in a big spot in the postseason when you didn't trust him in December? Exactly. In a third period against the, the friggin' Flyers. Yeah, I mean, you know he's I mean? playing... Like yeah, he's playing eight, nine minutes a night tops now. He's right. not getting right. enough time. So it's it's almost like he's taking up a roster spot just for no reason other right. than occasionally we're going to put him out there. Beecher now. Right, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I think Beecher yeah. offers more value on the roster at yes. this point going forward because he yeah. can penalty kill. He can win face-offs, which is a problem. Um, and, and it's okay to play him 10 minutes. Right, you know and it's, I mean? it is. It's not like... You know? And he and he's big, he's physical, he's fast, he's chipped in with some goals here and there, so he can yeah. offer some things uh, that Patra maybe can't uh, mm -hmm. at this point in time. And and I feel mm -hmm. like Patra going down, he's going to play probably in all situations. He's going to play twenty minutes a night. Uh, so I, I just feel like at this point, um, you know, with the way they're handling him and giving him the second night of a back-to-back -back off and all that stuff. I, I just feel like at this point, he's just a used roster spot that would be better allocated to somebody else. Yeah. And I, and I a hundred percent agree. I just think that you, you, you just haven't shown any real faith in him and you, you're, you're treating with kid gloves. How the hell can he contribute in the postseason? I just don't, I don't see how that ha happens. And so, and if it doesn't, then you just have a guy that just is not going to do it. Put a guy in there who can, so you don't have any holes in there. You don't have any right a guy in there that you don't trust. And, the, and that's, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. So I think that you'll, you might see that if they make a move and, and then you might see them, you know, send him mm -hmm. and, I, and I wouldn't, you know, you can't send him to Providence. So it's no. just like, what is he going to do? Sit in the ninth floor, the you know, for two months right. and, and through the postseason for no good reason. Like I don't understand. So I, I agree with you. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Three is yay or nay. You know, yay or nay this week is St. Louis forward, Pavel Buchnevich. Um, I would say nay, just based on the fact that I don't want to hear Jack Edwards pronounce his name for the rest of the year. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Actually, I would be I would be very much in on Pavel Buchnevich. I think they would probably have to give up more than they wanted to, so I don't think it's going to happen. But you're looking mm -hmm. at a guy right now with 17 goals, 22 assists, 39 points. He's a plus 10. Uh, he's six one one ninety six, so he's a big guy. He does play left wing, which I don't love. So you'd have to probably play Jake on his offside, which you know he can do, but um, isn't really um, you know ideal, I guess. Um, but I would I would be in because he would be one of the leading scorers on your team right now. He's he would be you know top three or four in goals at at this moment coming in, onto the team. So um, I think he would add some much needed you know offensive depth in the top, you know, six, top nine, I think you'd probably play top six role and you'd probably sure. bump JVR yeah, down to I think, yeah, third I'm, line. I'm looking, I'm looking Zaka, Zaka Pasternak, which never, sure. I mean, that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm looking at. And I, and I like it. I mean, it, this guy's a sneaky, good player. He's a like, very good player. 
is a very, very good player. At all. And I'm looking, he had a 76 point season. He had 67 last season. The, like, this guy is pretty good. The only thing that I don't love, and, and it's his playoff stats. So early on in his career with the Rangers, five games, one point, three games, zero points. He did in 21-22 with St. Louis. I, I guess that was their last time in the playoffs. He had 11 points in 12 games. So maybe he's getting a little bit better. He had one goal and 10 assists. So maybe he is yeah. getting a little bit better there. Um, but that that's the only thing that worries me, even a hair. But I would make the move anyway because I think, uh, yeah. you know, he – Playing with good players, especially, like if you pot, put him with a Pasternak, I think he would really uh, thrive. So uh, I would be all in for it. I just think you'd have to give up a, a lot to to bring him in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's twenty eight years old. Yeah, I mean I don't know his I don't know his contract situation, but um, yeah, he's twenty eight. And um, but I'll tell you, the guy the guy's pretty good, and he and he's productive, and he's a, he's kind of a sneaky a sneaky good pick, you know, a sneaky good uh, pickup. Yeah. Know, really. And a guy that, you know, you wouldn't really think of to be that way, but I, I'm, I'm almost, I have, I have turned on this. I really think that they need, I would rather them go top six scoring winger than center. I agree with you. I'm really, I'm really concerned about the goal scoring when it comes playoff time. Mm-hmm. And, He's got a, uh, a 12-team no-trade list, and he has one more year left on his deal at 5.8 cap hit. Um, so you'd have him one more year. It's not a true rental. Yeah. That's another good one. But, again, that's that that ups the price. So, Well, and the other thing, the other thing with a, it right now is St. Louis is still in a wild-card hunt, so they're, not, they're probably not looking to – to move him at this point in time right now that aren't they're in the second wild card spot tied with Nashville with yeah. 54 points. Um, so they're right. right there. So I don't know if they sell, they probably try to look to add honestly um, yeah. to try to give them a little push to make it in. So he might not even be available, but he would certainly be a guy uh, if I'm the Bruins that I'm, that I'm looking at if he's, if he's out there. It was another guy I saw today that, that the flyers might be kicking around Scott Lawton. Um, and you know, I don't know if, what your take would be on him. I mean, he's a center, he's 29, uh, left shot center. He had 18 goals last season. He has five goals and 15 assists in 50 games, a minus eight right now. Uh, former number one pick, uh, former first round pick, 20th overall. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like Lawton. I think he plays yeah. a style that would fit the Bruins. I think he would add some grit. He has, He's definitely, you know, kind of, he's not a tough guy, but add some grit and some toughness, um, you know, and win face-offs and penalty kill and that kind of thing. So I, yeah. I feel like he could fit in their bottom six for sure, and you probably wouldn't have to give up a ton to, to get a guy sure. like that because the Flyers are kind of in a rebuilding mode. So if you gave your, you know, your third or a third next year or something like that, you might be able to... Yeah to get a guy like that. So I don't know, maybe the prices will get crazy, but um, yeah, I think I, I would, op, you know, entertain that idea for sure. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> low cost third, third line yeah. center type thing. Mm-hmm. If, if you really, if you've exhausted everything else and you're just like, we need to pick it like, like we just said, with the Patra situation, yeah. Scott Lawton instead of Patra is the way I would go mm-hmm. just because, you know, you're not going to get much from Potra if you haven't really 
tested him or shown him any good faith or I, I just don't know if at his point in his career he can he can really produce in the playoffs which is another level right um <clears throat> especially against good forechecking yeah. teams defensive hockey the whole thing I you know I just don't know if he could do it um all right uh, four how do you feel about the upcoming all-star weekend which we talked about before we came on I have no idea what the format is <laughs> and uh haven't really cared yeah, I'm not really, uh, I probably won't watch any of it. I'll maybe watch a little bit of the skills. That's the only thing that really interests me uh, with any of it, because I think the games themselves are awful uh, across yeah. all sports. I, I haven't watched the NFL Pro Bowl in years. I haven't watched the NBA game because it's like 200 to 198 and that thing. Nobody plays defense. They they go at half speed. Same with the NHL game. It's, everything's at half speed. So what's the point of watching a game at half speed? There isn't any point to it. I, I, I hear you. I mean, look, it, the all-star games really worked back in the day when you didn't really see the other team, right. the other guys from the other conference. Like there wasn't cable TV. There wasn't all these networks. Mm-hmm. You didn't see streaming. You didn't see any other teams. Like you didn't see them. So that's why it worked. And now nobody cares. Cause you see all these players all the time, all over the place. Right. Like, it just doesn't matter in the, in the, the product sucks and the players don't want to play in it and they make so much money. Now that's the other thing is that you didn't make a ton of money back in the day. Yeah. So that was a nice bonus. You, you, you wanted to play because you wanted to make a little bit of money. You wanted to be on the all-star game. It was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now nobody cares. Like, yeah. Except for Jack cares. Hughes. Jack Hughes wants to play yeah. the, yeah, he wants he's the, the, bite chomping at the bit. Yeah. The, the, uh, the New Jersey devils, he's been out for the devils, but he wants to play in the all-star game. The, the antithesis of Alex Ovechkin, who was fined for saying, I don't want to go to the all-star game and then didn't go. And then they, they find him and he actually was suspended a game because he skipped the all-star game when he was voted in or whatever. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a new breed of, of kids. So maybe, maybe that'll do something to it. They're changing. They are changing up the format this year. So it's going to be a a draft instead of by division. So it was three on three by divisions for the last few years. Now they're going to have a draft. So they have celebrity according to the NHL celebrity. There you go. Celebrity uh, captain. So uh, Justin Bieber and Austin Matthews are team Matthews team. McDavid is Connor. McDavid and Will Arnett, uh, Team McKinnon, Nathan McKinnon, Tate McRae, and Team Hughes, Jack and Quinn Hughes, and Michael Buble. So you're talking about some some really big stars there. Uh, really big. Um, I'll go out on a limb and say I would want to be on Team McKinnon and McRae because uh, Tate McRae is a looker. And so I would be happy to be on that squad. Right. Uh, no, no question about it. Uh, I just, I'm just not a, I'm just not a big fan of the whole thing. Yeah. But, uh, hey, if you sure. want to gimmick the thing up, whatever, go ahead, go ahead and have a, have a blast. Sam, what do you uh, think? What right. do you think of the jerseys? What do you think of the jerseys this year? Uh, they're not bad. You know, they're not bad. I, I kind of, I kind of like them when I mean, they kind of, I mean, it's got a little bit of an old schoolish feel. Yeah. It's a little loud. Yeah. I mean, I'm usually a simple guy. Yeah. But I like the old schoolish kind of feel. Yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. I kind I kind of dig these ones. I kind of like them, and they do have kind of an old school feel to them. Uh, and and so I would I would be down with that. But yeah, I'm not really a fan of of uh, of anything other than you know who's the fastest skater, who has the hardest shot, who can stick handle the quickest, uh, who's the accuracy shooter. Like that stuff 
uh, you know, I'd be interested in watching, but other than that, I could, I could really care less. Right. Right. <laughs> Chirp number five. I'm going to let you guys discuss this quickly. I have to run out for a second. Is the top line center still a true need? You know, my thoughts on this. Uh, you say no, the top, top line center is not a true need. Uh, I agree with you. I don't think it is anymore. I think because Coyle and Zaka have really stepped up in the absence of Bergeron and Krejci, that you don't, that's not necessarily a huge need. Now, going forward, I would still want to pick up a top line center. Uh, you know, hopefully Patra maybe grows into that role. Um, or Frederick even grows into maybe a, a second line center role if he continues his uptick here. Um, but I, I do think they should try to look for um, some more center depth. You can never have too many centers. Uh, and, and, you know, that's such an important position, especially with the Bruins defensive structure where the center has to be kind of the third defenseman down low and, and do a lot of the heavy lifting in the defensive zone along with the, with the deep pairs that, um, you know, it's a really important position for the Bruins. So I, I feel like adding to the center depth can never be, you know, a mistake as far as that goes. What do you think, Connor? I completely agree with you. I'm actually uh, working on a little piece at Inside the Rink about Don Sweeney and what I think he needs to do with the trade deadline. And really the the main pillar of the article there is I really don't believe that the Bruins have really solved any of their issues down the middle, um, even with Matthew Poitra um, bursting onto the scene here. He's still young. Mm-hmm. I think they need somebody a little bit older than that, um, probably in you know the 23 to 26 age range mm-hmm. um, that they need to bring in. Um, so I won't spoil it too much, but I think there's a couple Bruins players on this roster that have some expiring deals that uh, the Bruins could package together and get themselves the the younger center of the future, like a, a Trevor Zegras that you guys talked about a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad move. Uh, I'm personally not a huge fan of Zegris, but if you know if you could package some expiring contracts and bring him in, I certainly wouldn't be opposed to that. I think a change of scenery probably could do him some good. Uh, I I just I'm not 100% sure he kind of fits where the Bruins want to go with that. I'm not sure if he's responsible enough in his own zone to be the kind of center that the Bruins need. I think probably here he would be more like a wing like Pasternak, uh, you know, a creative wing player rather than um, the center that they have do the heavy lifting in the defensive end. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think, I don't think, uh, I don't think they want him. I don't think they'd want him. Yeah. I really don't. I don't. I mean, he's, like I said before, he's kind of a less edgy Tyler Bertuzzi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Kinda, I don't know. It just doesn't fit the model for them. I think they'd go more responsible, gritty Bruins type of guy. Um, what are the odds they get a certified mail during podcast? Like, <laughs> why are you sending me certified mail? I am the least important person on the fucking planet. So you had to sign why for something? To sign for mail. What What was it? Was it it's a... From a... It's from a dental practice. Oh, my God. I don't even know what the fuck this is. Like, what is this? Like, what are you doing? You got some like, teeth in there? Throw some teeth in there. It was like a <laughs> Clark Griswold. Somebody, the door. He's like, this is for Clark Griswold. 
<laughs> Somebody mailing you some teeth? Do you have a do you have a serial serial killer in Maine that's mailing you teeth? Yeah, just mailing me certified mail. I'm like Jesus, sign here and initial here, and Jesus, fuck. Tyler right. did a wonderful job of doing a little tap dancing act with us there, but oh, Matt, I did want to touch on one thing. Um, but you had to you had to run for that very important letter um, for the All Star Game. One thing that I was actually listening to um, today before the show. They're going to have a $1 million prize to whoever wins the skills competition. Wow. So the single player that wins the skills competition is going to get a million dollars. On the Jeff Merrick show, I believe yesterday or the day before, um, he did mention that Connor McDavid was involved with the league um, in kind of developing what skills competition to really bring back less gimmicky. um, He's like the the one I can win. Um, And yeah. One of the things that you guys wanted me to wait until we were on the show to kind of explain is not a lot of people understand the Tate McRae involvement in the NHL and kind of why she's there. Um, Everybody understands the others um, outside of, you know, being the hot pocket. Um, The story is she was dating Columbus Blue Jackets forward uh, Cole Sillinger. Okay. Okay. Now, it turned out that while they were dating, one of her friends sent her a picture of him having a verified Tinder account active, looking for other women online. Okay. So she dumped him and promptly made a song that is famous now in the NHL realm called Greedy where the entire music video is hockey themed. She's half dressed in, you know, hockey goalie pads and in a hockey locker room, et cetera, and kind of burst on to the, the TikTok and Instagram reel scene in that regard. And that kind of spiraled into her NHL fandom. So it's almost kind of funny that the NHL is trolling one of their own players with his ex-girlfriend. I think that, I think that's tremendous swift of hockey. I think that's tremendous. And I, and I would probably be willing to bet that you will not take any blue jackets on her team. Probably. No, I don't think so. What's the, what's the competition going to be? I bet that I wonder if the players will take like the guy who makes the least amount of money and try to win it for him. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It seems like one of those things. Well, it's going to be this, a lot of fighting for the opportunity to participate. There's a, there's, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of the same things like the accuracy and the fastest, uh, hardest shot and the, um, the, what a fastest skater and then, uh, accuracy. Did I say that? And then stick handling, uh, yeah. probably some yeah. kind of stick handling I am pulling it yeah. up for you. Right. I mean, the now. accuracy usually is a top one. I mean, people usually like that. Yeah. The accuracy so, shot. Ooh. I think they like the fastest skater. I think they like yeah. the, the hardest right. shot. You guys want me to break it down for you and tell you who's playing for what? In the skills competition? No. In front of me. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right, I'll just go with the what's what. Uh, okay. You've got the fastest skater again. Yeah. You've got the one-timers. There's a passing challenge, harding, hardest shot, um, stick handling competition, accuracy shooting, and then one-on-one obstacle course, and that's it. Hmm. One-on-one okay. obstacle course? Well, no, no, no. Is that like a relay race? Like individual shooters um, versus the goalies. Oh, right, right. Like the breakaway challenge or whatever. 
Okay. Yeah, I assume yeah. that that's what it's meant to be. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, good. I think, yeah, hey, that's whatever floats you about. I think it's, uh, I don't know. I don't even know who, like, the, the favorite, like, who the hot, who the hardest shock guy is anymore it was Chara for 100 years. I don't yeah, even know. I, I'd be interesting to see who. Who uh, who wins that? We've is got it? Austin Matthews, Kale McCarr, David Pasternak, JT Miller, and Elias Pettersson competing for hardest shot. Hmm. So one defenseman, and it's the uh, the it Bobby Orr of defensemen, if you will. It is, and that leads us into chirp six, which is no, it's not chirp six. I'm sorry, chirp five. No, you're right. We'll, we'll no, we did fi- we did five already. Oh, we did five. Okay, yeah. trip six. Can we admit that Kale McCarr will be up with Bobby Orr when all is said and done? No, no, we can't. <laughs> no, we can't. No. Uh, and here's here's a few reasons why. Uh, number one, Bobby Orr won the scoring title as a defenseman twice. So he won the Art Ross twice as a defenseman. No other defenseman in NHL history has done that since right. or before. Uh, so uh, until somebody else can do that once, they are not in the same breath with him. Uh, right. You know, Makar may, at the end of the day, have better stats because of the knee injury and and multiple surgeries sure. that the longevity that, will have, yeah that yeah. that Orr had to deal with. But uh, Orr in 1970 won the Hart, the Conn Smythe, the Art Ross, and the Norris. Uh, so that is a feat that may never be duplicated by a right. defenseman in NHL history. He also yeah. revolutionized the position. Um, he went from I think 64 points. I think was what led defensemen at one point and the following year when he did win the win the um the Art Ross he was up at over 120 points or at 120 points so um that's like a very large almost doubling of uh a point right. total so uh he really kind of revolutionized the way that defense was played and and Kale McCarr and Paul Coffey and Ray Bork and Quinn Hughes and all those guys should be thanking him. And there really should be, uh, other than a Norris, there should be a Bobby Orr award for the best offensive defenseman uh, in the game, in my opinion. Uh, And it should have happened a long time ago. But the NHL has their head up their ass uh, with most things. So um, that probably won't happen until maybe Bobby Orr is dead when, uh, and then, you know, it'll be too late. And they'll do it posthumously. Yeah. Right. How about the plus 582 or whatever it is? Yeah. Jesus. Decent. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, how about the 3,058 shots in 657 games? Yeah. Like, I mean, Bobby Orr in this league now, oh, my God. Like, with no red line and yeah. and with just, I mean, the the amount of space you, you tend to get, the no hooking, the no grabbing, the no cl- – I mean, none of it. I mean – Man, alive, he'd be skating all over the place in today's game. Like, he just was uh, on another level. I mean, I think Kel McCarr would be more toward Bork. I mean, I think that that's, that might be fair. But Orr, I, don't, I just don't think so. I just, and, and look, it, it sounds like we're biased, and we probably are. But for God's sakes, like, to say he's going to be up with Orr is like, then you have to talk about him being one of the, being the greatest player of all time. Right. That's just not I, I mean, yeah. So that, that's, that's really what the, the point is, is that because Orr has won two 
Art Ross Awards as the highest scoring player in the league as a defenseman, um, yeah. you know, puts him on an entirely different pedestal than the rest no. of the defensemen. You could put him in that next group. He may end up in that next group with sure. with Bork yeah. and and Coffee and you know Lidstrom and and some of the greats Robinson of the game. Robinson, yeah, sure. sure. Um, you know Doug Harvey. I mean, there's a bunch of guys, but. Um, you know, Chelios, uh, but, you know, he's he's not going to ever reach Bobby Orr's status um, just because, I think, of the way that Orr revolutionized how people play defense. Um, so I think he's kind of, you know, on his own level there. And I, I, I just don't I just don't see anybody doing I mean, if he's going to win, if he wins a couple of scoring titles, then, you know, then we can talk, but um, until that happens, I, I just I feel like Orr is kind of on his own level. I mean, you know how many hockey ranks were built in Massachusetts on Bobby Orr's influence? Yeah, like, it was like forty-five they, I mean, or fifty just, of them or something. Just, they just they just they just started building hockey rinks yeah. because of Bobby Orr. Like yeah. it's like the Tiger Woods, everybody playing golf, right. everybody and your mother playing golf. It's like the same. Like that's just there's just another stratosphere, dude. It's just mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen. Like we get that Kale McCarr is great. Absolutely. Love to have him. And he's probably going to be great another 10 years. Great. But Jesus, he's not Bob Yor. He's just not Bob Yor. Sorry. Um, who, uh, Chip Seven, who is the worst player's jersey you ever owned because you expected them to be elite? Do you want me to oh, answer? Interesting question. Do, do you want me to answer first? Yeah. It's not hockey related. It it yeah. is uh football related and it is okay, and, yeah. and it is and it is Mr. Mac Jones. Oh yeah. <laughs> I got a I got a I got a Mac yeah. Jones jersey during his rookie year. Uh mm. and and that was uh that was a mistake. And it and yeah. it is a mistake and and hopefully, you know, there's another Jones that comes along uh and wearing wears number 10, 10 <laughs> that, that I can uh, yeah. that I can Maybe the punter will be uh, that I can Sam do Jones. something with yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I I need something to 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 get me out of that but the other jerseys I bought look at I'm mostly hall of famers okay I got I got Tom Brady hall of famer Ty Law sure. hall of famer uh Nomar Gassiopara I mean he had a stretch there where if he wasn't he was, hurt he was headed, he was he was headed, headed. there so yeah, I mean, will. I'll 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 yeah. I'll live with that. I can live with that one. Um, no. I got an Aussie Smith Hall of Famer, uh, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. and a and a Bergeron. So you know, yeah, there you go. So we're we're talking good, about good yeah, when we were mm-hmm. talking about Hall of Fame uh, level talent there. So I, I feel yeah. I feel good about my jersey purchases yeah. for the most part. Yeah. And hey, the the another positive is that No My Garcia Power turned into Johnny Gomes. Yeah, you know, num- number five white with no name on the back. Right, there you go. That's what I have. Yeah, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping maybe yeah. one of these these young studs that the the Red Sox have coming up, you know, in the yeah. next little bit uh, here. Yeah, my Marcelo Meyer or uh, you know Kyle Teal or or Roman Anthony, one of those guys wears five, oh, and I can fourteen year old Dominican they just signed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, I'll take that. Yeah. yeah, I should have got yeah. out and got a Pedro Martinez back in the day. He was my he yeah. was my guy. I, that's yeah, it's still it's still it's still possible to go grab one of those yeah. bad boys. Uh, I had I got, had Cam Neely. I don't have a lot of jersey. I had Cam Neely. Yeah, I'm not Johnson. Yeah, I'm not a big jersey uh, guy. I'm not a big jersey guy. I'm not a big. Yeah, I'm just not a big. You know, when you're 50, wearing it out to like Hannaford. 
or like no like shaws you know what i mean like wear it to the game that's fine but it's really the only place you're not gonna wear it to the bar you're not gonna wear it to uh you know fun town usa no i mean you or i wouldn't but there's but there's people that would would. yeah there's people that would there's guys who haven't passed 16 years old who go out there and and try to pick up chicks with their you know with their friggin charlie coils jersey yeah i'm I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you on that. I think you, as an, as a, as a male, as a, well, it doesn't even matter as a male, whatever, as an adult, as a full grown mm-hmm. adult, I don't, I'm, I'm thinking you should not be wearing that anywhere other than to the actual no. sporting event. Right. The sporting event or the Halloween party is like sure. the only two places. Like to me, if you're wearing that Jersey out to Olive Garden, then you are backwards hat guy who wears his jersey out wherever it has spaghetti sauce on it yeah. and you know the whole thing you yeah. know and pulls in it and he's just you know you just haven't grown up much you know it just you can't get over it it's just that's the way you drink you drink the miller high life you know, that, that whole thing that whole thing is you well, how about you connor do you have a do you have a, a favorite terrible jersey i don't oh connor do you I don't actually have a terrible jersey, to be honest with you. So you have to put this into context. I've been a Bruins fan since like 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. So the jerseys that I own that are autographed are Krug, Chara, Bergeron, Marshan, McAvoy, wow. and Rask. Nice. And yeah. then I have like a local SPHL jersey um, for the Quad City Storm here. And then I have uh, the infamous Team North America jersey from the World Cup that they did a few years back. Oh, that's oh. a nice, that's a nice one. You don't have a Savannah Stingrays yet or what was it last week? Savannah Stingrays. No, the South Carolina Stingrays. We were actually oh, right. uh, making fun of that. And I said, right. it's, uh, for a future graphic coming up here, I said, hey, this is not going to be the Greenville Gladiators or the Swamp Gladiators, the Swamp uh, Rabbits, swamp rabbits. Savannah Swamp Rabbits. That's yeah. that's that team, right? It was it's the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. Greenville swamp Rabbits. Yeah, not I, I will say this: there was a there was a time, if not jerseys, but hockey cards. When I when I was scooping up all the Joe Junos, like I thought mm. Joe Juno was going to be like yeah. a really good player, and I think if I had to back then, I would have bought a Joe Juno, and yeah. that's a guy. Who I really thought was going to be really good. Now he was decent. Yeah, he, he had some good years, but he didn't actually make it elite. Yeah, I was a I was a big cards or a crock of shit. I was a big okay, survey or a crock of shit. I was a big Sergey Samsonov guy. I had a I no, was I would have okay. yeah, yeah I would have I would have bought a Samsonov jersey back in the day one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. DraftKings Sportsbook is Boston's hometown sportsbook, and it's live right here in Massachusetts. Bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. To celebrate, all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets now that uh, to use. Now that you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code ITR, you can now bet local on money lines, spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks. That's DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up with the code ITR to get up to $200. 
$200 in bonus bets to use now that mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts. That's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7, 21 plus, physically present in mass, eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regulatory licensing requirements, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply, opt-in required, bonus issued, our free bets, terms at DraftKings.com slash M-A. And you can go there and throw a hundred bucks on JT Miller in the hundred shot. Sure. Uh, the swimming skills uh, competition. Our beauty for this week is the captain, Brad Marchand. Yeah. He, and he deserves it. He, uh, he put the team on his back there uh, against uh, Carolina there to tie the game uh, late in the third wins it in overtime, uh, the Ottawa game. Uh, so we had a hot little stretch there and then, you know, the Bruins win big in Philadelphia. He is on pace for a top two goal scoring season in his career this year. He's on pace for, really. for 36 goals, uh, without, his his binky and security blanket Patrice Bergeron. So no. you got to give him a lot of credit because uh, we were kind of on him a little bit earlier in the year, and, yeah. and there's been times this year even where he's looked you know kind of a little bit off, wondering if the hips were okay, and he's really kind of responded and been uh, really good for him. You know, pretty much most you know most if not all of the season. Nobody comes back from that and performs like he does. Like nobody does. Like the hip hip surgeries, like that it's just crazy what he's done. And and I had him retiring after next year at one point. Like I thought like he was really starting to hit a hit a decline and and getting frustrated by it. And but it really looks like now he's he's in a groove. He his confidence is back. He's able to do some of the things he 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 was doing before he got injured. And I think uh, you know, he's just been Unbelievable. It's really, he doesn't get enough credit for how remarkable it is, the, how he's playing after that. I agree. I agree. And he's also, uh, when this season is over, he's going to have played a thousand games as a Bruin. And he's also going to be, you know, top four in goals in, in Bruins history by the yeah. time the, the year's right. over. So if he's right. not an NHL Hall of Famer, which, you know, with my bias, I think he is. Uh, he's mm-hmm. certainly a Bruins Hall of Famer, and and he'll have his name in the rafters, hundred uh, sure. percent. But he's you know, um, to to go from where he started um, when he was a fourth line guy, and and he was getting made fun of on sports talk radio. They were calling him Marshmont, and and saying yeah. that he would never amount to much of anything. To to be where he was and to get to this point in his career is really kind of a credit to, to him and his hard work and, and the way that he plays kind of so, and we've talked about this a a lot over the course of many episodes on this podcast, but the reason that the great players are great is the consistency of effort that they give night in and night out. And Mm -hmm. as you can complain about some stuff with Brad Marchand, whether it's, you know, turning pucks over at the wrong time or at the blue line or bad changes or whatever, things like that. But I don't think you can ever really question the effort that he puts in on a night to night basis. I think that's one of the reasons that I think he was voted captain is because he consistently every single night is going to give you pretty much all he has. I mean, and everybody has off nights, but I, I think that's one of the the main things, you know, if you look at him over the course of his career that you could take away is he's going to give you every single thing he has, you know, every night. 
Absolutely. And I, I totally agree with you. And you talk about consistency quite a bit when it comes to professionalism and, and being a pro and good pro. And that's, you know, have, have an elite skill and be consistent. And that's, and you'll be a really good player in the league. And, and Marcian does that. All right. Bender time. All right. And the Benders are the Atlanta hockey expansion talks. Have a bender. Have a bender. I mean, for crying out loud, we're going to do this for the third time now. We're going to go back down to Atlanta to a city that gives zero fucks about professional sports for the third goddamn time. Yeah. Uh, is the third time the charm or is the, is it three strikes and you're out? What do you think? I, I'll tell you what. Here, here's, a, here's the first thing. We, we've been there. I've been there a couple of times. Yeah. I don't like Atlanta at all. Nope. I think Atlanta sucks. Great. And I just don't think it's great. I just only has a ton of character. I just don't, I don't like, I don't like the city. I don't like, I went to, we went to the Braves game. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a bunch of parking lots around the old Turner field. Sure. It's just, and they don't go to the games. Like you said, any games, NBA, anything, they don't go to anything. So I don't like that whole situation and to put them there again, Atlanta flames and Atlanta thrashers. And now these guys like to do that three times in that place where they don't play hockey. Yeah, they, they don't, don't care. Like, they, they don't, don't care. care about hockey. They don't even know what it is. Like, it's just mind blowing to me. Like, it's just, I'd rather put a second team in Minnesota like, yeah. or, or go to Quebec city. Yeah. Go to Quebec go to city, Salt Lake city, put a second team in Toronto for crying out loud. Like, yes. I mean, yes. there's so many other, here. there's so many other places where you could put a team that would have a better chance of success than a place where it's already failed twice for crying out loud. It's, and the Braves have been good there forever since the ni- early nineties. They've been good and they still can't sell out the goddamn place. Like not even a playoff game. No, I, I mean, it's just, they don't, care about anything but georgia georgia tech that's it they don't give a shit about professional sports at all they They don't don't. so to go down there as the fourth sport is ridiculous to me golf is more like go ahead golf is more uh important down there than hockey is you know the masters is more important than hockey is the opposite of Boston, where Boston doesn't care about college sports. Yeah. Atlanta doesn't care about pro sports. Right. It's like the opposite. And I, and I, especially the NHL. I mean, I just, to me, I just don't understand it at all. I, I just don't understand it at all. It's just going to fail again. They'll be out of there in Let me ask you a question. At least. Yeah. Who are the two broadcast partners for Turner? The NHL? Turner and, uh, is it Turner? ESPN. Turner and ESPN. So where, where's where's the TNT? That's in, uh, Turner is in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. I guess, but uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could you could put it on TV, and they can and they can broadcast the hell out of it. That doesn't mean anybody's going to show up. I mean, they're still going to have you know. I mean, they'll the first few seasons they'll probably get crowds, and then right. when the team isn't good, they'll not get crowds and then they'll move to somewhere else. I don't love it. Um, you know, maybe Wisconsin. I don't know. Put a team in fucking green Bay. I know that's Hey, Salt Lake city, uh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I I think they're going to do salt. I think it's going to be Salt Lake city in Atlanta is going to be the next two. And then hopefully they're done because 34 teams is more than enough for crying out loud. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. Um, centennial season spotlight time and let's pick because I, and I, and I did this because the other day I was, I was watching, um, 
on YouTube. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll dig into a nice deep rabbit hole of Bruins highlights on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I saw the Brad Park goal in 1983 to beat Buffalo in game seven. And Brad Park was a very good Bruin. He, of course, he had his best years with the Rangers as a Hall of Famer and so forth. Talk about great defensemen who had great offensive numbers. Brad Park was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, this was kind of toward the later part of his career, but still a good Bruin. And he's our spotlight for this week. And he had the goal that really made me fall in love with the Bruins in 1983, beating Buffalo in that series with that overtime goal. I, I'm with you 100%. I think he was a really underrated Bruins player too. He was kind of overshadowed by Bork. You know, Bork mm-hmm. got all the pub and all the headlines, but but Brad Park was a really really good defenseman for the Bruins, and like you said, scored some big time goals for them uh, with that mm-hmm. Buffalo overtime winner being you know obviously the the highlight. So um, yeah, congrats to him, and and uh, you know uh, obviously very worthy of of uh, of the honor. And uh, yeah, you know, a doubt. one of the yeah, one. Mean, one of the one of the really good um, defensemen from that era, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Brad Park was was so so good, and that was the beginning of sort of my love for them. Um, I know that they lost to Nordiques the year before, and then they ended up losing to the Islanders after that Buffalo series. But that was sort of the beginning of of my infatuation with the Bruins. All right, Providence Bruins beauty of the week this week, and it's Frederick Brunet. Frederick Brunet has had a good stretch here. He started slowly. Yep. He's had a pretty good stretch lately and playing much better and, and acclimating himself to the AHL and pro hockey. He was a later round pick and it was fifth round pick. Yeah. But he has some really good offensive tools. He's a big kid. And I think he, he's going to be a little bit of a steal, fifth round steal eventually for Boston. Yeah, and there he is. Uh, if you're watching on the YouTube, there he is after he scored his first goal of the season for the Providence mm-hmm. Bruins. Uh, nice uh, nice shot we have of him there and their uh, Star Wars alternates, I believe they were. I kind of like those. Yeah, I think they're pretty I sweet. Like, I think they're okay. Yeah, yeah I think they're okay. You got to love the uh, the minor league hockey when they do all the jersey nights. You know they do yeah, the slap cool. shot things and the Star Wars yeah. nights and the teddy bear toss. There's some yeah. some really good kind of promotions and 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 different jerseys things that they do with at the AHL and ECHL level that people you know if you're in the area should definitely go and check out because uh, it's a good night and it's and it's pretty good hockey most of the time and it's relatively inexpensive so you can go you can see some fights and some some good action and you know. Uh, taking a... Give them a shameless plug. We might as well tell all the listeners here that for the Par- Providence Bruins in February, it is buy one, get one free tickets if you go through Ticketmaster. Yes, ah, and you should go through Ticketmaster. Yes. And listen, listen, people, go through Ticketmaster, but do it from the inside the rink site. Okay. Mm. Use the inside the rink site to hit up Ticketmaster, or you, you could you can scan that QR code right there and and go to Ticketmaster and get your Providence Bruins tickets and and help out the inside the rink boys at the same no damn time. Okay. No doubt. So many great concerts coming up this summer. Like, oh yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that you can out, bang out all that stuff yeah. right there. But do it, the, but do uh, it through the Inside the Rink website. Go to go to yeah. see us, read some articles, come watch the podcast, go over yeah. there, and then and then go and find some tickets for different thing, different things yeah. around treat, uh, treat around the city and the world. Yeah, treat yourself. Yeah. Um, prospect spotlight. Hey, Maine Mariners. Speaking of ECHL, right down in Pro- in Portland, there in Portland, Maine. Uh, Curtis Hall 
a Bruins draft pick. 12 games played, six goals and four assists, 0.83 points per game. And Curtis has actually come on strong here. He's a fourth-round pick in 2018, an older older prospect that's been kind of going back and forth between Maine and, and Providence. So he's a big kid, 6'4", and he has had a good stretch for the Maine Mariners. Yeah, good for Curtis, and, and hopefully he can turn that into an AHL call-up, and then, you know, who knows? Maybe he's uh, he'll, he'll get a, you know, a kick at the can with the Bruins at some point, but if not, you know, a good, uh, a good hockey career down in the, in the minors there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Curtis uh, was a fourth-round pick and um, someone who kind of fell off the map some but has had a pretty good season this year, so maybe a little bit of a late bloomer. We'll see what happens with him. A week ahead for Boston is the All-Star break right now. They'll get back after it. I believe it's February the 6th. Yes, I believe that is true. So uh, once uh, that comes back, and then it's going to be our – kind of a race to the end of the year it's we're at about 30 some odd games left and then it's trade deadline and it's and it's preparing for the playoffs and seeing who you're going to play and seeing if you can make any additions it's going to be a fun time here in the next uh, 30 30 plus games to see what the Bruins will look like going into the playoffs so looking forward to it and see if they can continue their hot stretch here. Go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins, Benders, merchandise, shirts and hoodies and hats and mugs and so forth. Follow us on social media at Bruins Benders. Uh, we're on X. We do the game updates during the game. Interact with us. Don't do those chat rooms. You interact with us yeah. on the X. Talk back and forth. Tweet back and forth with us, and we'll we'll mix it up and we'll we do some some commentary on there. And we get a lot of really good engagement on there. It's really built up a lot this season Mm -hmm. so we are appreciative of that it makes it more fun and subscribe to the inside the rink youtube page uh and watch our content right on youtube thanks a lot for listening and hey go bruins thanks a lot Mm, bye bye